Hello and welcome back to Coffee and Wrestling, a wrestling podcast. I am one half of your host, Mark, here with my wonderful wife. Jamie. Ooh, that worked really well. And we are just a week shy of AEW's full year. We're a week after WWD's premium live event, Crown Jewel. What's going on, Jamie? <laughs> it's been an interesting week. We got a couple things going on in the wrestling world. One or two. We're a little bit behind. We uh, did get to do our half of a review of the week. So we're doing it all in one big shot. We're going to start out with WWE. Yeah, let's start off We're going to jump right then. into it because we got a lot to cover. Lots of stuff happened. Again, we are just after the Crown Jewel premium live event where Logan Paul fell short to... Uh, I almost said Solo Sokoa. That's not right. It's Roman Reigns. <laughs> Roman. Roman. Um, and we kind of see some of the fallout of that after. Uh, as... I don't think it happened right before, but throughout this episode of, of Raw, we saw the... Uh, the Tribal Chief kind of take issue with the Usos, the tag team champions. Still, everybody retained. Um, but this first interaction was the Usos and Solo Sokoa taking on the New Day and Matt Riddle as kind of a preview for what's going to happen Friday, or what happened Friday. Right. Um, I don't know. Is it, I really enjoyed the initial promo they had, but... It got real weird when Matt Riddle showed up. It was really good at first. There was this great back and forth between the Usos and the New Day, Xavier Woods right. and Kofi Kingston. Uh, the Usos were basically just talking about how they were going to be, you know, number one in comparison to the New Day. Because they're the ones. They're the ones. New Day was like, listen, technically we the ones right now. So you guys are kind of just chasing our coattails here. They chasing the ones. Yeah, they're chasing the ones. They the ones chasing the ones. It, they are the ones chasing the ones, right? Um, also, Kofi and Xavier. Um, actually, it was Xavier that just said this: that the Usos, the only reason that they ever got an opportunity and a chance to uh, try out in the first place, was because of their uncles, dads, and grandfathers. Yeah, I mean that's what everybody. You can't tell me that's what everybody thinks. It isn't what everybody thinks. I mean, let's be honest here. Like, it doesn't matter how you cut it. If you had somebody in the industry, you had an opportunity already sitting at your feet, at your footstep. The minute you walk in and say, Rikishi, people are like, oh, shit, I know Rikishi. Yeah, and he's obviously, you know, recently relevant, at least with our childhood. And again, let's let's back up a little bit more. It's not like that these two didn't don't deserve the chance. Like, they Absolutely. were obviously taught by one of or some of the individuals that had some of the best uh careers in wwe i mean i could i couldn't see why somebody like vince man mcmahon wouldn't look at these two and be like well if rikishi was this good you've got the rock who's your cousin you've got roman reigns who's you know another one of your relatives you're all really good in wrestling why wouldn't you give them a chance so i think it's it sucks because i'm sure they get that a lot like oh the only reason you're here is because your dad or your fucking uncle or your cousin absolutely but at the end of the day let's be real if you know the stories about the usos it's the truth Oh, yeah. It's legitimately the truth. They, legit, they were they, getting in a lot of trouble. Uh, I think maybe yep. Jay in particular was just uh, getting, no. <laughs> getting yeah, in they, they, trouble they, in real life. And their uncle basically was like, listen, just come stay with me. Come get, train. Yeah. Basically pull your head out of your ass and let me show you a better way to live. Yeah. And, and that literally is, is what happened. I mean, if I mean I, they had to put in the time. You got to be real. I mean, they put in the time. Oh, yeah. They are completely different characters than they were when they first started. But they had to do that. They had to do that face run. They had to be oh, the two cool t- style Rikishi was I one loved other the one. I the face run, though. It was so good. Like, it really, 
it was exactly what WWE was looking for in a tag team. It was marketable. It was easy to replicate. And it was easy because they were twins. It wasn't two individuals that they had to market. They practically had to market one individual with just two different sides of face paint. They were basically the same person skill set move set yep. what they said Very how they performed too. oh yeah with that with the whole anai i think that's how you say it mm-hmm. like the the whole the hawaiian the entrance the the chance i mean it was a really you know infectious tag team and then they developed this great following through fans and then of course they turned heel and they've been great like mm-hmm. i feel like this is definitely more of what you see when you meet jay and jimmy uso they've got more of that kind of I don't even know. I don't even know what the term is, but just it's not as family friendly as they were back when they were the what the hell they used to call them. They were the Usos, but they I don't remember what they they used to like call each other something, but it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, they've just been like it sucks because they, again they do get a pass for getting a tryout because of their family, sure. but it's not like they just showed up did half ass as good just like any other individual right. that is just got trying the to pass just to get the yeah, pass they, they didn't they clearly they worked their, their ass yeah oh yeah they did their job correctly right. and they still and same with deliver. roman oh yeah you know, and obviously it's a similar situation he's he is legitimately part of their family but with roman all he ever did was nxt right he was never in any other independent but I mean, rather than Florida Championship Wrestling, which obviously born bred WWE superstar, that's why he works so well in the position he is. Right, he, he's only ever been in the WWE network, but, like, which is of great. Wrestlers. Which is great if you've ever worked in any type of pr- promotional business. I, I personally used to be a hairdresser. I went to Paul Mitchell, and I always say this. You know, the whenever I graduated and I went into a salon and I was like, oh, you know, I went to Paul Mitchell and they were a Paul Mitchell salon. They would be like, you're hired just on that. Right. Just by the association. Because you don't have any bad things that you have to worry about. Right. Well, here in WWE, we don't do this. You only know NXT. You only know WWE. You only know those rules. Right. Right. Like uh, unteach. Right. And and that's exactly what's happening here is, is, you know bringing them up from NXT just to WWE. You get to just mold them and I look think, at what Roman Reigns has done. I don't even know what the Usos did before WWE. They didn't have a, a long run before then either. They, they, I honestly don't know. I don't even know if they were in NXT. We'll have to look that up. But we did see... Uh... Yeah, but I'll, let me go back to what you were saying oh, yeah, before. Go ahead. Um, it was really, really good. I don't know what they're doing with Riddle. I don't know if it's like Triple they're just H, jamming him in like yeah, things to just keep him relevant like until Triple Randy H Orton comes back. Just isn't sure what to do with him and instead of keeping a rivalry going. Same with thing him, with Solo Sokoa though. Like they I make feel a like, joke out of him. Right, right. But I feel like with Solo Sokoa, he's like the third, not the third wheel. Like he's awkwardly there, but it just feels like he's always there. He doesn't say it anything. Doesn't say react. anything. Doesn't have any purpose other than he's just part of the bloodline. And I hate it because I love Solo Sokoa. I, I think like he's, him too. I think he could be great. And I really thought for a second when he first initially debuted i thought he was going to be against the bloodline like trying to be you know the the beginning of the faction to end the bloodline same because it seemed like he was going to be siding with Sami Zayn, and i yeah. thought maybe that was going to be it like, looked like Sami Zayn was on the on the outs because i mean i didn't think that the usos were going to have this like dynamic with with sammy where one likes one doesn't i mean it just i think it just organically fell together well they i even... think that's the nice thing about things like this sometimes is it just naturally comes together and you're like 
we got a cash cow here. Like, well, we that's what happened with Kevin Owens. So supposedly, he was supposed to get a bigger push into right. the bloodline, or not into the bloodline, but with the bloodline. Then Sami Zayn was supposed to join Kevin, but they Sami Zayn started getting steam with this Usy sure. shit and being the honorary Us, and now they realize, like exactly like you said, this is a cash cow. We can't they stop can make this, money. You know? No, there's, they'd be stupid. Mm-hmm. They literally, it, it, it's a it's a revenue income. Yeah, and they're just looking at it and like going. Why would we stop this? No. I mean, how many honorary Oof shirts do you think are out there? Oh, my God. I, I don't imagine. know if WWE does like AEW's shop where you can just look through and see like what the top shirts of the year. But I would. Yeah, be, I don't know. If I'm a betting woman, I would literally bet that that's, oh, that's be one of the top three. One of if not. And right behind probably uh, Roman Reigns shirt. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole head of the table. Mm-hmm. It's it's impressive for two people that have progressively watched them get better and better as the years right. go by and, and see the things that they've done with both of with their careers. It's incredible. Oh, it's been so good. But they did a fantastic job starting off. Again, Riddle's just super awkward. Wanna hit my bong. Um, yeah, it was this funny. whole he it, did the whole um like Peter Rabbit thing. Right. Where he right. was like, Come on, Jimmy, you know the you know this one. Do 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 <laughs> shaving a haircut. Shaving a haircut. I just yeah, I don't <sighs> I don't know what they're trying to do with him because he comes out and he's the 420 bro and taking from an individual who smokes weed himself. Like I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't need a, a, a fucking outlandish 420 guy. Agreed. All over my wrestling. We get it. You know, he like was- Rob Van Dam was that guy, but he wasn't like running out there with pot leaves on his forehead and right, 420 bro. Rob and going bro and sounding like a cliche, <laughs> like meathead. Yeah. You just knew. And it sucks. I really do enjoy Riddle's wrestling, and I I enjoy his banter. But I feel like ever since Randy Orton's been off TV, he's just been stuck in this limbo of I'm gonna go here, maybe I'll go here, maybe I'll I'll do some stupid 420 Joe here, yeah. and just like eh. he just interrupted their promo in this situation and was like, you know, I can ma- I can do math and three on this side, you know, three on this side, let's fight. And it, it yeah, just, just the third the the third party just to get the, the party going basically. So in the end, we saw Solo Sokoa hitting the spinning solo on Riddle and getting the one, two, three to secure the victory for the bloodline. I mean, what else are they going to do? It's the fucking bloodline. It's just push the bloodline. Blood the bloodline up, is just... going to win every single match, except for the ones that don't matter, like the random fucking what the fuck are we doing with these matches? Right. Uh, but they're going to win every match up until they lose their titles. Pretty much. 90% of the title. Yeah, the that's how it's gone so far. Up next, we had Baron Corbin taking on Cedric Alexander. I didn't get to really watch this. I had to watch the review of it, and I don't think I watched or missed much. It didn't last long, and there were definitely a couple matches on Raw this week that just went quickly. Um, It builds up to a little bit more later, but again, we do see Cedric Alexander, which is awesome. Uh, JBL is on commentary per usual. He's just kind of tagging along with Baron Corbin lately. He's been like super he asshole. He is an asshole. Though. I know he's an asshole, but I feel like WWE was like, "Hey, you're an asshole. Yeah, ramp Go it up. be an asshole." <laughs> um, I do have to say though, Cedric looked really hungry in this match. Like he was real. Like when he was on the offensive, like he really stuck to it. Like he really had something to like. He had to like really wear down Baron Corbin. So I really liked dude's hustle and like he performed very well even sure. in a losing match like this yeah nice to see him but yep yeah, definitely got squashed by that end of days by baron corbin and that pretty much wrapped that one up yeah it was a real quick match and then things got a little bit weird so raw was a little bit confusing this week as far as we were told that seth rollins would be 
holding an open challenge for the United States Championship. Right. So which he did. We knew right away that that was going to happen, but there all there wasn't anything else set for Raw for that night until no. Raw happened. Raw or WWE's gotten into that habit of not saying anything about matches anymore. They're just like, hey, we're having since, Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, since you Sasha and you Naomi, get. you know. Pretty much. Just, we're just going to wing it. Just Pretty much. in case something happens. Honestly, but. it's ever since Triple H has taken hold of the reins. Yeah. But it's not a bad idea. But no. We, that was the one thing we knew for sure. So at this point, uh, Seth Rollins came out. Right. And he Being was talking Seth. about how it was an open challenge and the Judgment Day music hit. Uh, everybody comes out. What was really, really cool about this is there's four members of the Bloodline, or I'm sorry, four members of the Judgment Day right. that came out. And all four of them, when they came out to the ring, they were on the outside of the ring and they stood in the four corners with Seth Rollins in the Classic ring. Classic heel faction with four members. You surround sure. each side of the ring and they all get up on the ring and hold sure. the ropes. And they're like, ah. But what was really cool was Rhea was a part of this. So it was implied and it was shown, you know, with them standing there like that, that literally anybody could have gone in there right. for. Which they did even say something about, oh, Rhea might be the one. I, I liked that. That was cool because she's been. You know, like picking up bigger guys like Luke Gallows and slamming them down, and right. AJ Styles, and right. showing how strong the you know of a person that she really is. So, do you think real quick cool. sidebar? Do you think WWE is going to be one that breaks through that barrier finally of having a men versus versus women match? I, the way that that went down, that made me think. I wonder if they're like testing the waters with it. I mean, Rhea Ripley AEW would be perfect has for it. Really not toyed around with that at all. Well, I think I think Rhea Ripley in the the like everyday wrestler fan. I think would be perfect because she has been like, like really delivered like a, a powerhouse, like a really strong, sure. I mean, she is a very strong individual, I'm not saying she's not, but she's been like written like that right? to where she looks like she could take on a big, a, a, you know, a massive dude, like just because of how her, she reacts yeah. to things and how she does things. I think that would be a really cool move. I, I'm still waiting for it. I'm still surprised neither AEW. I'm really surprised AEW hasn't done it yet. They really have not touched base with it at es- all. Especially with the roster they have. A lot of them, right. if you look on the indie scenes, have matches, intergender matches. Yes. Well, two of the ones I can think of off the top of our head with AEW people. There is a really good match with Thunder Rosa and Ricky Starks. Yep. They were in an independent scene that was a just bar. phenomenal. Went all over that place. And Ricky Starks didn't hold back, and I don't think you should in this situation. And you know, you're going to wrestle, you need to give it to Thunder Rosa like you would any right. other dude. There also is a really good match, and some of these people might have fought multiple times, but one that we watched was Athena and Swerve. That one was rough. They were brutal. But now, I mean, looking at it, especially that match that she had on Dark a couple yeah. weeks ago. They're brutal, was, you know. She's rough in the ring. Like, yeah. She can be. Right. So, you know, if the women are okay with it, let them do it. Right. Obviously, those two women are okay with it. Thunder Rosa is a little bit of a different situation. But, I mean, shoot. Jamie Hayter wants to fight somebody? Like, let her. I think that's awesome. But speaking of women wrestling, women wrestlers, uh, Finn Balor stepped into the ring, said, I'm challenging for your used title. And all of a sudden, the OC's music hit. AJ Styles, Doc Gallows, and... uh, Dickhead Anderson walked yeah. out. Uh, I almost said Ken Anderson, but Carl. that's wrong. Carl Anderson. Thank you. Well, Ken um, Anderson supposedly is a dickhead the, too, but yeah. different Anderson. Anderson. Well, is it Mr. Kennedy or Mr. Anderson's the asshole? Doesn't matter. They came down to the ring. Ken. Ken came down to the ring and uh, confronted the Judgment Day, which Seth Rollins, I kind of, I, I originally like kind of like didn't understand this this move at first, but I really enjoyed how the OC 
and the Judgment Day are all staring at each other in the ring, and champion, U.S. champion Seth Rollins just kind of goes, okay, I'm going to step out, and he just kind of sneaks out the ring. Nobody says a word. And all of this was a nice little setup because Rio hasn't been in the ring yet. She was still on the outskirts, and all of a sudden you heard some commotion. The camera pans over. This is after AJ Styles cuts a promo. Um, Pans over, and you see a hooded figure with blue hair, long blue hair coming out of it, standing over a now-downed Rhea Ripley, pulls the the hood back, and it's none other than Keith Lee's wife, Mia Yim. Yes. Insane. Like, did not, I, honest to God, was not expecting her to go back to WWE. Yeah, there were rumors. There were rumors I, I know there were rumors. No, I knew yeah. there were rumors, but I didn't, with Keith Lee being in AEW, I didn't expect her to go back to WWE. I mean, it's cool. I guess you go wherever your career takes you. you for know? sure. For sure. No I mean, they don't have to... kids, so I mean, I can understand it. Yeah. Do what you need to do. It was Just really... got a home base and get together every yeah. few months. I mean, Yeah. It, but, it, but it was cool. Basically, AJ Styles said that Mia Yim found them, yep. um, giving them an equal... Um, stands as far as having you know they three that, men and a woman no they have that female counterpart so i guess go, right out goes the window of the intergender matches because they just yeah exactly because now they brought another it woman is what it is um <laughs> but do a do a you know two two teams do mm-hmm. uh two on two yep and just mixed gender yeah Why not? just Mixed gender, mixed gender as yeah, in I'm tag sorry. in and the other gender comes in. No, just or mixed gender genders. is beat the shit out of everybody. Yeah, beat the shit out of everybody. Beat the shit out of everybody. We're equal opportunity like shit beating out of people. As long as you're, like I said, as long as you're okay with it as a woman, why not? Or as whatever you are. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoever mm-hmm. you are, as long as you're okay with fighting a man, then you should be able to. Speaking of men, yes. we have some of the manly men, manliest men's. We had Alpha Academy's Otis taking on. Elias. Elias. Right. This match was sponsored by Golden Corral. Golden Corral. We have one down the road. It is rebranding itself like a steakhouse. And I'm sorry if you throw steaks in a buffet, it is just as gross as having a regular <laughs> buffet. I don't give a shit what kind of steaks they are, but it doesn't matter. Golden Corral is trying to rebrand them image. Great. Didn't think they'd be they'd be sponsoring wrestling. But yeah. Cool. Good on them. Whatever. Money comes from wherever to, to <laughs> give these people money. Great. Um, but God damn it. I wish they wouldn't have gotten rid of the whole brother thing. And I feel like they ended on such a high, though, with the whole family picture at the hospital. Like, Yeah, but then Kevin Owens came out and just absolutely so destroyed... Well, that happened before because he was in the hospital. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, they just killed his character and then like, oh, we're just going to bring him back with a beard. Yeah. Fuck. (laughs) I really enjoyed it, but maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm too goofy when it comes to wrestling. Um, But we did have Otis taking on Elias because supposedly because the uh, week prior, Elias put the pumpkin on Otis's head during Riddle and his match. And now he's mad at it. (laughs) Uh, Got his revenge. Ended up getting the world's strongest slam on Elias for the pin. Uh, was it just a straightforward, uh, clean-ass match? Yeah, good to see Otis getting some singles matches and a win. Yeah, um, I don't know what they're doing with, with Elias. It feels like they're, like, they bring him in, they get him in some goofy storyline, like, goofier than I I enjoy, and he ends up losing, and yeah. this is just par for the course he, for the poor guy. He doesn't even do his, like, music thing. Well, I, yeah, I'm kind of glad, the... though. That shit was annoying every time he came out. Yeah, but, but I it, mean... It, but he's not playing the heel different. It's like he's not playing the heel anymore. Right. He's playing like a face heel. They don't know what to do with him. Yeah. That's what well, it seems like at least. Seems like a lot out of the 
roster the roster on Raw. Yeah. They don't know what to do with. Storylines are running stale. For sure. Definitely time for a mix-up. Yeah. Then we had Shelton Benjamin versus Austin Theory. Another little quick one, but interesting. We got Cedric Alexander. We got Shelton Benjamin. You can't almost, see my face, but I'm making almost, a hmm face. It's almost like they were all like convening in the locker room. Oh, oh. See what I did there, folks? I'm a fucking genius. <laughs> but he got squashed, too. Yeah, yeah, which uh, great sucks. Great way to bring the momentum back. Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that the Hurt Locker's coming back, but Hurt Locker? Hurt Lock? Hurt Locker, yeah. I always get that confused, because I always... Well, no, the Hurt Locker is the, the move. Faction. Hurt Business. Hurt Business, that's right. Is the faction. I feel like the Hurt Locker would be more you know, fitting. Yeah. Because they're a sports... Troop. Sports troop. <laughs> Sports trio. They are the Hanson of WWE. Sure. At least they all have hair now. Or some have hair. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I had they to were think all about together. that. I'm pretty sure when they were all together, all of them were bald. I mean, doesn't just Cedric have hair? I guess you're right. <laughs> At least one has hair. <laughs> Could have had a hair, too. Not bad. Not yeah. bad. Yeah. Um. So that happened. Yep. And then... You know, we're talking about switching up storylines and things being a little bit stale. This was kind of fun, but kind of getting to a weird ending here. Uh, Johnny Gargano and The Miz. So Johnny Gargano comes out and he's got this universal remote and he's talking about how uh, The Miz should remember talking to somebody. I can't remember who he said she was posing as, like a reporter or something. Uh, yeah, I think like something like yeah, something like that. Something like that. Some but long story shit. short, she was undercover for Johnny Gargano, yeah, and Gano. Johnny Gargano had the tape of the Miz and this said woman going to dinner and discussing some uh, matters. And basically, Johnny Gargano then exposes the Miz for hiring Dexter Loomis to follow him around. Oh yeah, they got they got him on footage or on footage on video. Admitting that he hired uh, Dexter Loomis to follow him around, stalk him so that his value as a celebrity would go up because everybody's talking about this crazy dude that's following the Miz around. Right. And uh, yeah, just basically admitted that he just did it and then stopped paying him and never said anything to him. And I guess the whole thing is Dexter's trying to get his money. I'm I'm so confused. Like, I don't know why Johnny Gargano has to be the... The guy to collect Dexter's bills or whatever. I don't know what this. Yeah, what does he have in this? Yeah, like the whole exposed thing and behind the scenes and like this big thing. Like he's some like news reporter or something. Again, I don't think they know what to do with this guy. Who Johnny? Yeah, I've, yeah. I, 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 also, his wife. They're just like, um, something's happening, and here's Candice LeRae. But anyways, the Miz and Johnny Gargano did have a match. Uh, the whole thing was pretty good. The ending was kind of interesting, kind of weird. Uh, basically, the Miz like pulled himself under the ring, or like pretended to get pulled under. Right, like um, like uh, Loomis was underneath there grabbing him. Yeah, it was like a whole Danhausen thing. Like right. de- like Dexter Loomis was pulling him under, and the Miz jumped up, got the ref's attention, and insinuated that Dexter was underneath the ring. Kept saying, and "Check underneath here, check underneath here." Exactly. Uh, Miz did have a part of a turnbuckle. And hit Johnny Gargano with it. Right in a goddamn dome. <laughs> Worst place to get hit in the head with a giant chunk of metal. Absolutely. Which did help Miz get the win. 
that's what gave him the win. I don't even think he hit the uh, skull crushing finale. Just again, just a stupid ass name for very dumb. So dumb. But I no, it. I don't think that he did. Although uh, Miz did get attacked by Dexter Loomis afterwards with the steel chair. Yeah. Then... Got a little bit of his revenge. Then Dexter Loomis just runs off again. Then secu- uh, security ran him off. Yeah, it's, I, it's it's like I feel like, like he b- doesn't work there, but he does work there. Yeah, it's crazy how he can just keep getting access in there if he doesn't know, work right? there. It's almost like somebody um, keeps letting him in. But I'm gonna say it again. I, I don't think they know what to do with this guy. <laughs> I really enjoyed this this storyline up until Johnny Gargano got kind of like fully involved. Yeah, they just threw him in, and now he just like feels responsible to tell the people what Miz is doing. Like right. we care. I don't know if this is like a giant buildup for DIY to come back, the tag team faction between Gargano and uh, Champa, uh, but I don't know. I really He's, don't either. He shouldn't be back until around the first of the year, anyways. So I don't understand. They're they just doing a long game with this. I don't know. I wish they would have just left. I liked it. it. Now I hate it. Yeah, I liked it when it, we didn't know why Dexter was doing it. Right. So hopefully something comes of this Dexter Loomis Miz drama i guess i don't know it's it's too reality <laughs> show for me at this point it's very tmz uh we also had uh damage control and i don't even know what to call this faction of uh uh oscar alexa bianca yeah like they don't really have a name but they've been rolling deep for like three four months now um but they had a confrontation between the two groups they ended up beating the shit out of each other after one of the best promos not promos but segments between two individuals the back and forth between Asuka and Io Sky was so hilarious. And not even speaking Japanese, like, you know, <laughs> I don't speak Japanese, but you can sit there. You get and the, you see get the, the general direction everybody's going in. Asuka's just so animated and laughing and just like mocking Io. Oh, I love clearly. it. Clearly. Um, a few days afterwards, somebody did actually translate the back and forth between them and basically. Uh, Asuka's like shit talking EO. Basically, just called her stupid a bunch. Yeah, and sh- and then EO's like, you know, you know, I can speak Japanese, right? And Asuka's like, oh, you can speak Japanese, okay, all right. And then starts, call- you know, baka 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 baka, calling her stupid. And you know, then obviously Asuka does the baka, and right? Then EO's just bitch. Yeah, hit her with the one. The one bitch, and I think I watched it about twenty-five times. Ooh, yeah, hell broke loose. Absolutely um, hysterical. Bianca Belair ended up picking up the microphone and announced, you know, this this ends at War Games, which will be was a Survivor Series War Games. Yes. Um. So we're going to be seeing a five-on-five women's match. Uh. So far, uh. Well, we did have only three-on-three, but then Nikki Cross stormed the ring and attacked Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair and her friends. Right. And that added her to the the fray of the five on five. Right. So it's going to be damage control and Bailey and Nikki Cross and another unidentified person versus sure, maybe um, Candice LeRae. Or we're talking about throwing people I in was, there. She's definitely gonna probably be on the other team. I personally have another speculation, but let's oh, yeah? continue. What do you what do you think? I mean, it's already. Well, it's I mean, a- you've got three people on the other side, two mm-hmm. are left. What a great opportunity to throw in Sasha Banks and Naomi. Mm, very true. Especially with Bailey and Sasha Banks having mm-hmm. such a coveted history between the two of them with Bailey yes. or uh, Bianca Belair tagging along. I mean, you also have, not to be that guy, there's a fifth spot open on the other team. 
Charlotte Flair hasn't been around for a while. She has not. It'd be a great way to bring those two back. Yep. That would be great to see her back at WWE. Yeah, because I've heard no timeline of when she was supposed but to return. But I think, honestly, they... I think the stronger division in uh, with women's divisions is definitely definitely on the Raw brand. Absolutely, and but I, I feel Smackdown like the men's is, use... sma- is SmackDown. Oh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> but I, I think Charlotte Flair would be really good on SmackDown because they could really use a, good, a, a better Absolutely. women's division on SmackDown. And I like Liv. But it's pretty much just Liv, Sonya, and Ronda Rousey over there. Yeah. If Ronda Rousey's the top of your pile, personally, I don't think that's a good pile to be on top of. Yeah. They're trying to build up Liv Morgan, uh, which is great. They've done a pretty good job I think she could be a good performer. Personally, I don't know if I like the batshit blonde-haired girl gimmick like they've been pushing on any five-foot-four blonde-haired girl (laughs) in WWE. Um. But I, I just something, think they could it's use... It's better than what, it, what she had before, which I was think really SmackDown nothing. Women's Division just needs a little bit more star power. Uh, so, Agreed. But I could still see her coming to Raw. But, I mean, they haven't really been pushing the Raw and SmackDown brands as two separate brands. I mean, WWE is bleeding into NXT and every other piece and chunk of WWE they can possibly put their hands into. So, I mean, you never know. She could come back and be on Elimination... Or Elimination Chamber. Um, Survivor Series War Games, or she could just come back and just beat the shit out of Ronda Rousey at sure. SmackDown. And you never know; they might nix the whole Raw SmackDown thing and bring everybody back together. I think that's like where they're heading. Before. It's felt like that for a while. You know, it's good. Right. Change is always a good thing too. Oh yeah, definitely. For sure. Um. So, moving right into the next segment Speaking with Nikki, Nikki Cross. Cross, yeah. Something that's been stale for a really long time, I think personally with WWE, is the twenty four seven championship. And Dana Brooke, who was is was the current WWE twenty four seven champion. She's been like the twenty time champion. Yeah, or something, something ridiculous. ridiculous. <laughs> she said she was going to try and bring prestige back to the title, which never really was. Mick Foley ended up bringing the twenty four seven title into WWE a couple of years prior. Uh, it has gone. I think there's fifty six different. <laughs> uh champions uh there's a multitude like you said dana brooke held it 20 times something sometimes like that. multiple times the, in one night it the, would change the double hands. wedding was just trash ridiculous like they <laughs> they really just used it as an excuse to i think utilize talent that they didn't know what else to do with and didn't really sell too big on on tv they didn't do the t-shirt sales and they basically buried this title well, they actually literally did because Nikki Cross ended up picking up the win. She kind of threw it away. Well, I feel like they could have. Is it is it me or do you feel like they could have recorded that and be like, oh, shit, Nikki, you you didn't hit the trash can. I thought about it. This I also watched this like 10 times, like right. on repeat. And I watched it and I watched it. I liked it. I'm glad they didn't. She missed the trash, but you could tell it broke. And I think it was like a cool way to have her like kind of have the same persona as Liv Morgan in a sense that she's just like batshit crazy. See there again another like we're just making yeah making short white women go batshit crazy in WWE. You know this is just like old Nikki Cross so this isn't anything new in a sense it's just. But you're gonna tell me she's another just drooling rabid individual that doesn't talk just makes noises grunts and groans and makes Pretty weird much. faces like you've got two of those already like in the same yeah it's just like how many of those you know how many times can you can you clone your creator wrestler 
and get finally get bored when you you have four of the same character in the ring all doing the same shticks. I mean, that's why there's only one Bray Wyatt. That's why there's only one Tribal King. You don't have sure. three Kurt Angles. Oh, I miss Hugger Bailey. You know, but Hugger Bailey—that's a whole—that's that, a whole different character. <laughs> like it is, but I you know, know, a good face thrown in there in the women's division would be fantastic. It would so, be great time for Sasha Banks. So rounding up the night is Seth Rollins again, and he's like, seriously, guys, like, let's get down to business. Right, like, open challenge is still open. Trying to be a defending champion, you're yep. not giving me a lot here. Twitter's going crazy. Nobody knows what the hell is going on. Um, they they're basically talking about how it's been ten years of Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. Um, just of course building this up, and the screen, the 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 big screen comes on, and it's Mustafa Ali. He's in the back. And basically says, look no further. You've got your guy. Which was kind of weird because it was like, well, why didn't he, he just, just walk out? Like, what's going and on And plus, with he this? just had a title shot against him. For sure. For sure. And then all of a sudden, Bobby Lashley's there. Oh, Bobby Lashley made his presence. He beat the shit out of Mustafa Ali. Yep. Took the camera and said, fuck you. That's my challenge. Mustafa Ali jumped back in the frame trying to, no, that's my challenge. And, I mean, Bobby Lashley, who was twice the size of Ali... Threw the poor man into a pile of He really of did throw yeah, He destroyed that poor guy. <laughs> and then um, he said he was coming out. And then and what's really hilarious is he did, but the match never but happens. Yeah, he never gave him the opportunity. But again, this builds into the Hurt Business. It does. Walks out there and just decimates heel Seth Rollins. Absolutely, Absolutely heel turn for Bobby Lashley. destroys him. Right. Throws him through everything that is destroyable. And when the refs finally say, you know, the match is off, Bobby, get out. Yep. Like, you're gone. Seth is knocked out at this point. Oh, yeah, point. he's trashed. Lo and behold, Mr. Money in the Bank, Austin Theory, comes out and makes his way up towards the ring. Looks at Seth Rollins. Looks at Seth Rollins and goes, I'm cashing in my Money in the Bank briefcase on the U.S. Championship on a Monday Night Raw. Yeah, which would be the first time that a person with the Money in the, ba- Money in the Bank briefcase cashed in for a non-world title. So when it's happening before the the actual bell rings, I think um, I know for for sure I was probably just like everybody else was just like, is this really going to happen? Right. This has been teased so many times, like really on Raw after nothing's is- happened this whole time. Mind you, again, again, that Seth Rollins issued an open challenge. Right. Did not have to cash in the briefcase no. for and that. And here comes Austin Theory with the briefcase. And they cash it in. Like, he really cashes it in. And you would think... And it's on. You would think. Wrestling logic, right? Okay, he's got his ass whooped. I'll wait till next week. He'll throw, throw another open challenge while he's still not 100%. Sure. And I'm going to cash in on it. And then I can keep my briefcase. Right. Worst case scenario, but nope. Not what happened. Poor nope, Austin Theory. Cashes Barry it in. Cashes this thing in. Lo and behold, with the last three and a half minutes of SmackDown, or Raw, he loses. He loses. I mean... He hit an awesome pedigree. I was like, what the fuck? That was great. Rollins hits a big super kick and two huge punches. I mean, I thought that was going to be it. I thought that was going to be it. But it goes on for a little bit longer. And Bobby Lashley comes out. And that's the whole reason this went down Mm -hmm. the way that it did. Because he absolutely just destroyed Austin Theory and Seth Rollins. Knocks out the ref. Destroys Austin Theory and oh, leaves Austin the window Theory open. Austin Theory had him pinned. That's what it was. Right. Austin had Seth Rollins pinned and he pulled him out. Right. And just destroys Austin him. Theory, leaves him for dead, and Seth Rollins crawls over, gets the one, two, three. 
I don't know who or what this was supposed to benefit. I know it was just to get the title or the uh, the briefcase off of Austin Theory, but yep. my God. I mean, they teased him going to NXT and cashing it in. Like, why wouldn't they have him do that? They absolutely destroyed this poor dude. I think he's lost like 15 out of 17 matches since Triple H has been involved in WWE. Well, not involved, but taking control. Yeah. He's just been squashed. And then oh, yeah. this happens. Terrible. You know, you, you cash in your money in the bank briefcase after an open challenge was issued. Yep. On a so non-world sad. title. On a Monday. And lost. <laughs> my, and that's it. God. How do you bring them back? I don't know. I guess stick him in NXT as a as damaged goods, and oh. he runs off of that. Just like hopefully Liv Morgan, he has a Drew McIntyre like, story, and he man. can come back. Like I just don't understand. Well, I don't understand why don't, they don't see what they, anything in him anymore. I'm not saying give him the world title, but my god, yeah, they should have gave him at least an opportunity to. But I think we all damn well knew that there was no way he was beating Roman. No, but at the same time, like, my God, like, you think that he would be, like, the next contender for whoever would win, win the title. I don't know. <laughs> but, I mean, I guess you're right. Like, what are you going to do? If they don't plan on dropping the title off a of Roman before his Money in the Bank contract he loses lapses, it. it's going to lose. So, I mean, what do you do? You have him lose against Roman? At least you go out on top. Yeah. At least you go out going against the big dog. Like, if you, like, you're sitting there like, I got one more day on this contract. I'm cashing it in because I don't have a choice and you're the only one with the world title. Right. And you make him, you give him the best match of his life and make him come within inches of that title, but not being able to get it by the, the bloodline intervening and him running that as that's his motivation as to why he wants that title. Because he got fucked at the last second because even though he had Roman beat. Right. That's how you should have ran. It would have been good, but no, they did it on raw and they had Bobby Lashley beat the shit out of Seth Rollins mm-hmm. and everybody and their mom was looking at the at the clock and realized there was still like seven minutes left. Yeah. And all of us put it together that, oh, Austin Theory's coming out. Especially so when he came out surprise. and he was like teasing, thinking about it. It's like, well, yeah, you're going to cash it in. It wasn't a surprise, though. It was just lackluster and poorly planned. I, yeah, I think it was just to get the belt off him or the, damn, the belt, the, the, the case off him and then just start anew. <sighs> Terrible. Buried. Shame. But the Usos continue to be on the up and up as we move on to SmackDown. And the match we had all been waiting for, the Usos versus the New Day, to see who was going to be the number one tag team in WWE. Should have been at least the main event of SmackDown. If not, I wish it would have lined up with a pay-per-view because this... They could have done more with this. The hype would have been so good for this. They, they only you could have gave, what, e a week's comeback. notice? You could have had fucking... Oh. They should have done a huge New Day intro like they normally would do. But they had, they had the titles against the uh, Brawling Brutes and Crown Jewel, so you, I, you, you couldn't really... But even then, like, they hinted towards it before, beforehand. It they would have did. been so much better had they given them, like... They did. I Which, know. I gotta be honest, once they announced that it was gonna be the Usos versus whoever won... In my gut, I was like, there's no way the Brutes are winning yeah. this. How weird would that be? So it kind of yeah. oh, took some steam out of the match for me personally. So I don't know. That's like, you know, in Harry weird. Potter, when you read the first book and Harry goes to Gryffindor and his arch nemesis, you know, goes to, as it goes to Slytherin, it's like, well, no shit. These are going to be the two houses that beat the shit out of each other <laughs> the entire fucking book series. 
It was the same idea. Like, you gave me all the information I needed to know with Crown Jewel yeah. of what was going to happen because you, you're you going to have the brawling brutes. Like, why would, the, why would the brawling brutes have to defend their titles against the New Day? What right. would be the purpose other than the New Day just wants the belt? Right. Like, they don't even have, they wouldn't even necessarily have the first opportunity at the belts that the Usos would. It would have been so much better had they had them go there, do the title thing. And then just from the minute they lose, the, or they lose, the minute they won the, the, the match in Saudi, just have them run promos and, per, like, just social media posts sure. about... announce it then. Yeah, like, really put a lot of fanfare behind sure. it. Sure, even make, if it was just on the big screen, they didn't bring them over to Saudi, be like, hey, yeah. now that you guys won, we want to give you... A message. Yeah, we want an opportunity at those belts so that you can't be the number one contenders, or, you, you no. know, the number one tag team. Yeah. Should have yeah. done something and more. They, with did, it, they but... did a nice promo on on SmackDown, or I'm sorry, on SmackDown on Raw. But I just yeah, and then Riddle ruined it. And then Riddle ruined it. Um, I just I felt like there could have been so much more to this. It could have been, and this would have been if the New Day had won, which obviously they don't. Yep. Uh, their twelfth reign as the champion, so it would have just it would have been fun. I yeah, it would have been real good. Interesting, but right from the get go, with it being the first match of the night. With everything that's happened, with just the no steam for this match, it was pretty obvious the Usos were going to win this one. Yeah, and they did. They did the the double splash like they usually do, uh, which actually uh, Kofi Kingston or uh, Xavier Woods, I'm sorry, ended up kicking out of, which was pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, the match was, was it. great. It, it was a, it was a long running match, but it two was of really the best a good tag match. teams in, in WWE history. Honestly. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, it was solid. There wasn't a bad move in the bunch. It was fantastic, but right. Again, Usos. They got ended the win. I mean, they're the bloodline. What do you expect out of them? Yep. So that that means this week they will officially be the longest reigning WWE Tag Team Champions. By the time people can hear this recording, they will be. Wow. Following that, we had the six pack challenge for the number one. Con- I guess number one contenders. It's a shot for Ronda Rousey's SmackDown Women's Championship. Uh, it involves Shotzi, Liv Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez, Sonya Deville, Lacey Evans, and Zia Lee. It honestly, for me, it ended up being better than I thought it was going to be. It, Sometimes they just take a really? bunch of people. Yeah, I actually really enjoyed it. It was I good. I the other way around, to be honest. Oh, with actually, I really enjoyed it. I was expecting a lot more, and well, I felt like at the any sucked. given time, there was two people down, two people out of the ring, and two, two people wrestling. Mm-hmm. And that was it. They had, you know, everybody got their spot. Everybody got the, the you know, their 15-second spotlight. It just felt... For a six-woman match, this felt so short. Well, they tried the gnarly table slam at the end. Oh, my God. That was awful. That was just bad That was nobody's... Yeah. Uh, But I I just... But even that, that was like... That was the most extreme moment was then when they were supposed to be going through a table, and that was going to be it. And that wasn't even part of the finish, either. No, it wasn't. The camera just shot over to Shotzi and Lacey Evans going back and forth in the ring. And a few seconds later, Shotzi pulled off the win. Yeah, we got our finisher, which I'm not sure the name of it is, but it was like a modified like arm behind the back DDT and dropped Lacey for the pin. And I just, I, I felt like this match was flat. Like, not that the girls didn't perform well. I just felt like there should have been more to this match. For a six-woman match, it lasted 10, 15 minutes. I just feel like they could have showcased each one of the talents a little bit more. They could have given them a couple of minutes and just make them have a, I don't know, you could have even set up a couple storylines with six women 
beating the shit out of each other. Somebody's sure. going to have an issue with another one. Yeah, because Sonya Deville and Liv Morgan have had a back and forth recently. They didn't have but a whole lot of back and they forth didn't in even, this. They didn't even reference that in the match. That's what I mean. They like, did. You could, well, I mean, they... Briefly. Briefly. They could have done a lot more with it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You could have had uh, Liv Morgan be the reason why she didn't get uh, get the pin, an obvious pin. You there know could have been mean? more that happened after that bad table spot, though, too. They might Very have just true. Because it, it was, it it was table rushed. spot back and forth after like three moves, and then she hit the finisher and won. Yep. Didn't even look like she, she looked a little surprised that she won. She did. But she gets Shotzi an opportunity gets at Ronda Rousey at Survivor Series now. Ooh, Ronda Rousey. Yeah, you know me. I don't like, I'm not ever right. excited about Ronda Rousey, but I feel like Shotzi's a good po- opponent for that. Yeah. Honestly, when I saw the lineup from a mile away, I was like, oh, Liv's going to win it. You know, oh, typical yeah. WWE, they're just going to give it to Liv, and it's going to be Liv versus Ronda Rousey for the 14th time. I was but surprised by Shotzi wasn't. winning. I was so actually was very cool. surprised. I thought that was really neat. She was not my pick. I, honest to God, I would have liked to see uh, Raquel Rodriguez. Yeah, I really, I've really grown to like her. I like her, too. Okay. Uh, next was something pretty interesting. LA Knight was in the back. He was having a little bit of an interview. Mm-hmm. And the TV screen behind him kept flashing and insinuating uh, something with Bray Wyatt. Yeah, just kept fl- flashing his little moth logo. And LA Knight seemed to have had a problem with it, turned around, was yelling at the producer about it. Uh, and when he turned back, Bray Wyatt was standing there to introduce himself. Yeah. Uh, he introduced himself and said something to the effect of, you know, he doesn't, didn't like what he used to do or didn't enjoy it, but he's wondering how much he's lying to himself and just basically insinuated, you know, he feels the same a lot like LA Knight does. LA Knight didn't really reciprocate and kind of tongue in cheek threatened Bray and Bray put him on his ass. He did. For the first time since he's been back, he's been physically altercation, altercation? Yeah, physical altercation with Bray Wyatt. So this looks like it's leading up to Bray Wyatt's first opponent being yeah. LA Knight and I like interesting. it. Interesting. I like it cuz I mean he's a great person to be on the other side of that mic talking with Oh Bray. yeah. Oh yeah, especially with Bray being as is articulate with his words. Right. Most I people mean, can't Knight, go back and forth with Bray. LA Knight LA definitely Knight gives can. me gives me like Stone Cold Steve Austin vibes. Absolutely. Like, I agree. Not the redneck vibes but the the sharpness of the tongue, the how quick he can come up with stuff, how he can take something and turn it into nothing, or, or t- take nothing and turn it to something. Right. And I, I, Typical, I'm going to kick your ass. And yeah. This is how I'm going to do it kind yeah. of guy. Yeah. Real it good. It was fun. I like it. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to see what they do with that. One match we seem to have jumped over. Uh, the second match of the night was uh, Shinsuke Nakamura taking on Santo Escobar uh, in the first round of the smackdown world cup tournament that is correct and the winner of this will face gunther for the intercontinental championship now they're not the winner between this match right the winner at the end of the smackdown world cup will have that opportunity this will just so again we're just in the first round and i believe this is the first match of the tournament yes it was if i'm not mistaken so um another quick match for wwe this week not a lot happened here just uh kind of a match to help establish santos and uh well one thing that kind of surprised me one thing that surprised me about this, and I know Hit Row is in action later on in, in the episode, but Nakamura was out helping Hit Row, I think, last week with a, a it was a four or a three on three tag yeah, match. Ended up getting against, against this faction. Where was Hit Row helping 
Nakamura tonight. Nowhere to be seen. You think you think you know he helped you out. You know you you'd help him out, but especially with what ends up happening later in the night. Right. I mean, maybe nothing from him either. So I guess weird. that was just maybe a temporary thing, just for the week. Just, just wasn't a, ex- I just a Teddy they- Long moment where you just throw an extra guy in there and say, "Oh yeah," but three I mean, on I three. Figured they would have had some type of reference. I had them come yeah. out and like help them. They did not. Uh, we were going to be able to see Selena Vega or Zelina Vega. I'm so sorry versus Bfab. So this would have been Bfab's in ring debut since she has been re-signed to WWE. Right. And I was like, "Oh shoot, this is gonna be pretty cool." Unfortunately, again, I don't know what the hell is going on this week. This match never happened either. Right. Yeah. The Viking Raiders came in and yeah. Sarah Logan with yeah. in tow. And she was up there at the uh, beginning of the ramp and just super distracted everybody. And that gave the Viking Raiders an opportunity to attack both teams. Yeah. Attacked, uh, attacked them from behind. Ended up doing some severe damage. Um. Yeah. Zelina was smart and she ran off. Right. That was a good move. Unfortunately, B-Fab got ripped into the ring by Sarah Logan and B-Fab thought, I got this. And uh, Sarah knocked the shit out of her with a headbutt. Oh, it was, an, it was a gnarly headbutt. She did not have that. Although, we need to stop and take a second and acknowledge the fact that... She looks exactly like Max the Impaler. What a bummer. And this is the second time that I feel like WWE has literally carbon copied an independent wrestler. Right. Their wrestler Axiom is like almost a one for one for an indie wrestler by the name of Razorwing. He's got like the gold, the black, the mask. Like it, it literally, if you put them next to each other, it the looks stance. like oh everything. Like literally <laughs> everything about this guy. His hand movements. I think he brings one finger down compared to Razorwing. He's got like one finger barely up. So it's it's just enough. You know, our beat goes like this. Their beat goes like that. Same yeah, very idea. Very much a vanilla. Ice yeah. It, it. You know. It's. <sighs> It sucks too because Max the Impaler is they're a they're they're a known entity on on the independent scene like sure. it's it's their gimmick like that's when you hear Max the Impaler you're like holy fuck I know who this is like they're not anybody to fuck around with and no take, and they're also not someone who's just like super small like indie, independent wrestler like people know who they are oh yeah so it was just she really does, weird that it was a literal one for one carbon copy ripoff which is insane because tell me Max the Impaler would not fit in WWE. Like the, I think about that a the lot. The individual Maxi yeah. Impaler would not fit as a character sure. in WWE. If you if you do it right. But then they bring this faction in and now they have and again, almost a one for one copy, even down to the green dread that they keep in their hair. Mm-hmm. And the, how the do you black do that? Mark underneath, you know, their and, chin. And, and again, it's it's this beat goes this way, this beat goes that way. It's the same goddamn thing. There's nuances between the two of them. They're like, well, that one's black line is a little bit thinner than that one. Right. But that you vest re- is a little bit different shape and size and structure than that one. Sure, but don't you have enough creative juice in your body that you could change it up a little bit? Yeah. So I that mean, it wasn't the exact put same hair, thing. Put, put her hair in a braid. That, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's unfortunate. It's very unfortunate because now Max the Impaler is probably going to have to change their gimmick. Like, what do you? What else are you going to do? You, you're going to roll around as an indie indie wrestler looking right? They're going to be like, exactly, "Oh, you're Sarah Logan." It's like, right. no, I'm actually trying to be this gender neutral. I was this before Sarah Logan was this. Exactly. I was this before Axiom was this. Like, right, it, but it ra- doesn't work like that when you're on TV. No, you know? and what do you, and how do you, as an indie wrestler? It's not like you can go out and copyright your style. It's not that simple. You, no. 
You well, know, Danhausen got smart. He actually copyrighted after he got signed to AEW. He though. did probably because he had the money and the and the, and then the wherewithal to do it. Shortly after, found out about it and did it as well. Which is smart. That way, nobody can ever rip that off. Or vice versa. Maybe the other way around. You can, no, it was Danhausen that was did it? it first. Yeah. Yep, Dan Hasn't did it first. So great to see, great to see, you know, Viking Raiders back. I know uh, Ivar was, I think it was Ivar was out with an injury. Uh, great to see the debut of Sarah Logan. Uh, always good to see new wrestlers and new faces on the product. But uh, just a shame that nobody like stopped and said, "Hey guys, this might not be the greatest thing in the world." But it's WWE. What the fuck are you gonna do? You know, they're gonna, they're, you know, they're big oil. They're, you know, they're big brother. They do, they're gonna do what they want to do. Absolutely. Which is just a shame. Um, Jamie didn't want to talk about this, but we had a match between Braun and Jinder Mahal, but we have to talk about it because <laughs> it's part of the World about. Cup. It's, it's part that, of the World Cup tournament. It's not that it. I don't want to talk about it. I just feel like there's not a lot to say. Again, another short slobber knocker match. Now, you know, hear me out. Okay. How was I for one second supposed to believe that Jinder Hall was going to win this? When they so didn't good. even announce who was facing Braun Strowman. It said... Braun Strowman up next, yep. live in action. Even though Jinder Mahal was announced for the tournament, he wasn't And has announced. been a champion and it, in the it WWE. Sucked. He was a world champion. Yeah. It he just, just got squashed. Jinder Mahal, like, he's like, never fought somebody before. He's, he's got the look. He's great on the mic. Sure. He's done the run before. Sure. Having he, an Indian representation is a great thing for a company like WWE. I don't know why. Weird. I don't know why people look at Braun Strowman or WWE fans or producers right. or look at Braun Strowman and think gold. I can't see it. I can't see it. It, it. it just stinks that he, I have He's a big dude, but his moveset's not that great. It's he's not no, great. No different than any other, any other big dude. Right. Are, are you, you're the next giant. I don't is know. Is that the thing? And your thing is, I've noticed he's been doing power bombs at the end of his, that's the right. end of his shtick now, uh, which. Wardlow too. Yeah, well, I mean, everybody does that. It's a big guy thing. And it's just, I don't know. I, I'm not sold on it. I'm not sold on it either. And I think one thing that's very bad in it, bad taste for Braun Strowman was after he had this match at Crown Jewel earlier this week, he was tweeting about, hey, Omos, we had a 45 star match. This was the best match yep. ever, you know, obviously making fun at, you know, people like Dave Meltzer who, who rate these matches and said, you know, these flippy floppy people they pretty don't much matter. don't hold, you know, any hold a flame compared to people like us and was just basically talking trash about wrestlers, which is right. how never how that this community should be. Um, a lot of people got really upset. And one person that spoke back very loudly and very boldly, who's never afraid to say something is Mustafa Ali. Oh, yeah. And he basically hit back up Braun and said, hey, Braun, uh, can you teach me how to get fired? Yeah, uh, a lot of heat <laughs> on Braun from a select number of tweets. But I think that's his gimmick lately is he's just he's just an asshole. No, I think that's just Braun. That's what I mean. I, think I don't think that's a gimmick. I think, I think that's, that's, that's just how he Braun. gets. I mean, for a guy that was bitching so much about WWE, he ran back real quick when that yeah. paycheck showed up. But if, I mean, if you OC, never saw anything thing. with the whole control your narrative thing, it was just trash. Yeah. It's basically this company started up by EC3, right? He started it up and then Braun kind of joined on later on. I think it was the same. They got, fi- they got fired right around the same time. So I think it was like EC3's idea. And then Braun jumped on to be, because they had, oh God, they had that garbage promo of him. That's co- what I was like, going to say at the bar. Sobbing at the bar and EC3 I'm no longer comes Braun up. And this nah, big thing. Just, God, I'm Adam. Trash. It was bad. Yeah, trying to reinvent himself and, and how just this back. was going to reinvent ourselves. And, you know, from, from what from what uh, Twitter says, Braun and EC3 were only able to pull off a, a match that was like 
they got like 40 people in an Orlando bar. Yeah. And if you go to that bar, apparently they like absolutely hate those guys. Mm-hmm. So just funny to see him talking trash basically about WWE. And now right. here we are. We're back. Oh, sounds a little bit familiar like the OC. Yeah. You They're know. for pay, but at least the OC is not afraid to be like, well, I'm here for a paycheck. Well, I mean, it's obvious. Yeah. Obviously, he is here too. So, but weird, weird. Not a lot happened. Bronze moving on any, at any rate. Paychecks, big money matches. We've got one final segment for SmackDown. It was the Bloodline came out, and Roman Reigns earlier this evening had addressed the the rest of the Bloodline, saying, "Tonight we have had we we are going to address some issues like men." Like we do here in this business, in the ring, went out to the ring, and right before he was able to talk to Jimmy and Jay, who he obviously has something to say, he was interrupted by the Brawling Brutes. That also brought in Sheamus as a surprise return, yes. since he's been off getting murried. And uh, he comes back with the shit mic. He comes back with the shit mic and has an, uh, you know, an AEW Rampage moment where the whole shit show is going to the shit. Uh <laughs> which, honest to God, if go back and watch Roman, he's notoriously known for not being very good with the ad libs on the mic. He's mm-hmm. a very like A B C D. Read this, read this, read this. Um, you can watch John Cena calls him out pretty heavily when they had a feud going, and it was pretty goddamn funny. I think he tried doing a little bit of ad libbing here and went to laugh at Seamus because Seamus's mic was cutting out, you know. You know, this is just making those noises. And Roman, who already has the mic in his hand, picks up and the laugh this man gives off sounds like the nerdy kid Randall from Recess <laughs> who got one over on the kids. It is the most, like, when you look at Roman, you think big, stoic Roman with this voice uh, that just like soothes a, your soul as he speaks. It's and like it a was, laugh track. Oh my God, it was terrible. It was, it was really like bad. one of those, like one of those when you see like the guy that does the character of a cartoon that you love and he talks and he's like, yeah, my name's this. And it's like, yeah. holy shit. It was exactly that. And he even called him pal. Like, what are you going to do, pal? Like, Roman. You like, tell it was ad never, Yeah, you never said that word in your entire 10-year tenure I know, of right? being in WWE. But you got to give him pow. credit for at least trying because, you know, Sammy's not there to swoop in and save the day. Uh, but a, a weird segment to end SmackDown. Yeah. The Brawling Brutes, they, the mic doesn't work, so they're just like, fuck it, we're going to run in and attack them. They beat the shit out of Wade him. Wade Barrett Drew- said Sheamus' mic doesn't work, but his fists do. Yep. So that was kind of a After cool way to have After two minutes of fighting, you got Drew McIntyre runs out to save the day, which I'm assuming he's going to set up a four-on-four match at some point over the next two weeks. Sure. Um, and that's how we ended. Teddy Long is buzzing. I know, right? That's <laughs> And that's how we ended SmackDown. Uh, really? It was weird. Weird another, start, weird ending. Another, another WWE program ending without a match. Yeah. This isn't the first time, and I can't recall the last time they did this, but I know it, it just, it, it's like a habit of the bloodline ends a show without a match. Right. I don't like it. Yeah. I wasn't real thrilled with it either, but that'll do it for WWE this week. Well, we also have for next week coming up, the only official matches are, because uh, they haven't, they don't have like a bracket for the World Cup tournament, I'm okay. assuming. Okay, they just announced them, but didn't say who against who. Uh, we have Elias and Riddle will be taking on the Alpha Academy on Raw. Which has nothing to do with the World Cup, but it's, you know, I don't know what it's they're happening. doing with that. It's happening. <laughs> uh, Seth Rollins will finally take on Finn Balor. It didn't say anything about a championship match. 
but it might, I mean, who knows? Yeah, the implication is it's there. The, he still has never done, has not fulfilled the open challenge yet, so who sure. knows? That might be a thing. Uh, on SmackDown, we have, for the World Cup tournament, we have uh, Ali will be taking on Ricochet. Great move, WWE. Yep. We will also see the return of Sami Zayn, at least on to SmackDown. We'll be taking on Butch for the first round. I'm interested to see that, too. And then uh, one thing we didn't cover with... Shotzi, there was a backstage segment between her and Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey basically setting up a match for this week as Shayna attacked uh, Shotzi from, or abandoned her, ambushed her from behind. Right. Uh, So that match will also be on SmackDown this week. Okay. So handful of matches. Uh, We got the World Cup going on. Uh, See what the Bloodline's doing. Sami Zayn's coming back. I'm excited for it. Yeah, me too. All right, well, I think that's going to do it for this episode. We've already ran long enough. We're already up to an hour. Uh, I think a little bit longer than this, and it'll be too long. So we're going to cut it off here. We'll have another episode out tomorrow uh, going over AEW Rampage and AEW Dynamite. What's to come up with full gear? Because, oh, my God, there's so much got announced. The card we card even... is unbelievable. I could sit there and talk for 20 minutes just about the card. And so that's one of I the I think reasons... what we'll do is we'll go over our predictions tomorrow. We'll go over what happened right. on Dynamite and Rampage. Phenomenal, phenomenal week with AEW. So really excited about some of the storylines right. that they're starting, some of the things that are escalating, and to this pay-per-view that will be uh, this coming up weekend. This Saturday, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, six, five days, so whatever, it doesn't matter. I can't math. <laughs> Enough days away from the day that this comes out, but we will be out again tomorrow with... Another episode of Coffee and Wrestling. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you. Uh, please, please, please like us on Twitter. Uh, follow us. Whatever the hell that is. That was not the right context. At any okay. rate, follow it's us. Tired. Follow us on Twitter at CAW Wrestling Pod. Follow me at Gunk Dudley. And I'm at a bacon party. My real picture's on there now. You can see my actual face. I'm not a uh, like three-year-old kid in a pink Barbie Corvette. So. I am. I'm going to be a three-year-old kid in a Barbie Corvette. Just Photoshop your face on my old Twitter picture. Who says I don't have a picture of that, of myself? Did you have a pink Barbie Corvette? Who knows? Scour the internet and you might find anything you... See, you better listen so you find out tomorrow. There's at least two pictures in this world that exist of me and drag, so... I've only seen one. Mm. We've been been together for 11 years. Was it the one with the purple hair? No. That's our show. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Bye.